Pastor Mike here. Thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Uh, If you haven't already, I'd love for you to sign up for our daily email. It's a great way to start the day. It's the way that I start my day. (laughs) And it's a way to bring God's word straight into your inbox first thing in the morning. Uh, My teammates at Time of Grace do a fantastic job of giving you video and written devotions, blog posts, podcast episodes, and the occasionally fun and quirky social media posts. And all of it's to encourage you with God's amazing word. Just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up today. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Series here with Time of Grace. Uh, it's me, Pastor Mike from TOG. And once again, so happy to be joined by our friend, our colleague, our sister in the faith, Amber L.B. Swenson. Amber, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? Um, I'm really good. Yeah, good. we're recording on it. Just a good, chilled. Last week, we uh, had our, like our mom's ministry, which kind of kicked off for the fall. And I've never had so many babies in one place at one time. I was... I was really grateful for uh, moms and dads who are <laughs> in the trenches with one and two year olds. So it's quiet here today. I feel like <laughs> I got some stuff done here today. And uh, yeah, it's been a good day. You have a great mom's ministry. Yeah. Your church is phenomenal at that. Yeah, that's right. Because you came and spoke to yeah. the group last year. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of they doubled their options this year with multiple times to come. So they're, they're serving yeah. over 100 moms, I think, which is super cool. Nice. I know. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. All right, so we're diving in to another behind the series. Uh, we're talking a little bit about technology, screens, and souls. So, yeah, Amber, where do you want to start? Well, tell us the big idea. Where'd you mm. come up with this idea? Why talk about this? I mean, this doesn't impact any of us. I don't, I don't <laughs> know why we're even having this discussion. <laughs> the listeners have no, they're all Amish. They have no interest in technology. <laughs> yeah, so um, my oldest daughter, her name's Brooklyn. Uh, she's a sophomore this year in high school. And my wife and I, we rarely like disagree or have strong opposing opinions about things. But one of the things near the top of our list that's been just a tension for years now is when to get her her first phone. Wait, wait, wait. You said she's a freshman? Uh, she's a sophomore. She, she's a sophomore and she doesn't have a phone. Correct. Wow. <laughs> I need her numbers so I can counsel her. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and it was, a st- I understand why it was a good discussion because I've read enough books on the impact of technology. I've seen the impact of technology on my own heart, mm-hmm. my screen time. I've read enough about young women, especially on social media with anxiety and depression and just needing to get away. And as a father and as a Christian, as her pastor, even, I just felt super protective. Like I want to hold on as long as I can before I put this device in her hands, to which my wonderful, intelligent wife said, and, and, you know, she's not, she's not just going to come back and want to hang out with mom and dad for the rest of her life. You know, so there was this tension like, oh man, these screens can offer us so much, but they can also take away so much. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the series was really about as Christians living in a super digital age. What do we do with this? Um, yeah. You know, a screen. Well, think of time of grace. Uh, a screen can connect our listeners to the gospel of Jesus, and it can flood their mind with satanic garbage that will pull them away from the gospel of Jesus. Um, it can bring churches together and tear churches apart. It can give people hope, and it can make them feel anxious and afraid. And so this uh, series has three parts. It's about the blessings of technology, the bad things of technology, and the boundaries that we all need for technology. Yeah. So to get started with the blessings, which is the first sermon, um, you talked about group go and no group grow and go. Do you want to explain that before we go any further? What you meant by those? Yeah. At our church, we have these five words that all start with G that are kind of like our path of discipleship, um, gather in church group is to do life with other Christians, grow a daily devotional habit, give, be generous, and then go and spread the gospel. So I talked a little bit about the power and the kind of intersection of technology on three of those five G words. Nice. So what are some of your favorite things to do group wise to get Mm. to sort of gather online with your family or friends with our modern technology? Yeah. Oh man, God's timing. So last night, um, what was I doing? Put my kids to bed, reading, 
I was going to go to the bathroom before I went. And like every good American, I checked my phone while I was going to the bathroom. <laughs> and I saw uh, one of my close friends apparently was having a rough night. And yeah. she reached out to, I think not, it was her, no, eight people. She texted just saying, hey, I'm just not in a good spot right now. Would you pray for me? I saw her text an hour after she had sent it because I don't really bring my phone into my bedroom at all. And I was the fifth one to reply to her with prayers and encouragement and support. Um, my wife would have been on that list, but she falls asleep at like 8.42. So she, she got it like four in the morning when she woke She's up. She's a good Christian woman. That's why. So yeah, you know, if we would have had to wait to, hey, is there a time when all nine of us can get together and find a time in the schedule? Like it would have taken a long time to encourage her. But the fact that she could send a simple text and wherever we were, whether our phones were on or not, um, like we could be able to encourage her, pray for her. Like, man, there, there's something about community that gets so much better when technology can keep you together. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. That's awesome. So what ways do you use your screen to grow your faith? Oh, yep. I like that. I want to ask you that question first. So um, people who are listening, give them a glimpse of Amber's like daily spiritual life when it comes to screens. It. I have a when I'm working and when I'm not working. So if I'm going to work at the nursing home, then I get up for, I get up at 4am and I'm on the road at five to get there at six. So then I don't physically read my Bible those mornings. I mm. will put my Bible app on or a podcast. Mm. I have a woman that I like to listen to who's very, she's a great Bible teacher and she can really set my day straight. Um, I always, is that that podcast, Little Things? Or do you <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. How do you I know? I, I always to, listen to myself. I'm I listen like, to myself. Set me straight, Amber. Set me straight. <laughs> the last 10 minutes of my commute, I always put a worship song on. Because mm. I've noticed that if you put a worship song on right before you leave your car, mm. it'll go through your head the entire day. Really? It's phenomenal. Yep, there's your little key for the day. Wow. Um, if I do not work, then I am in my Bible, physical Bible first, and then hmm. usually have worship music on all day long. Sometimes a podcast if I'm doing dishes or cleaning or something, but. Yep. Yeah. We, we must be spiritually related because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Podcast and worship music. I'm a paper Bible guy just so yeah. I get easily distracted, but man, I used to just shave. Now I'm listening to the word of God while I shave. Mm -hmm. I used to just turn on whatever radio and now it's worship. I used to cook and now I've got like worship music going on, like filling my heart with good things. So yeah, I find having my phone with me just makes easy access to the word of God. And then like great variety too. You know, sometimes I want to read, sometimes I want to listen, sometimes a, a visual video can help me grow in faith. So our family's actually reading through the whole Bible this year. It's the first time for my girls and we're getting into like the minor prophets of the old Testament. Nice. Ooh complicated when you're 13 <laughs> slugging it out through Ezekiel. Um, but there's some really great videos online. They're like, a, you know, here's a five minute overview of the book of Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. And now suddenly in a way that I, I probably couldn't communicate, I know I couldn't communicate like that to my kids. Now they're getting it in a way that maybe a previous generation couldn't. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a part of my daily life. Nice. Hmm. So go is to send things to people. So it's so easy now, which is super nice. You know, you see a small video, you hear a podcast on something and you can just send it to people. But I wonder if so many things get lost in the, the shuffle. I don't know how many things you get sent to you every day, but I mean, other than the 20 things I send to you, <laughs> just kidding. I don't. Um, Did you hear my podcast? I just listened to myself and it was amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you checked out little things? Um, yeah. She doesn't do that, just in case you're listening and it's your yes, first time I don't. thinking this is just us being ridiculous. Right. Um, but how do you send things? Is that, Do you have any good pointers for sending hmm. things so they don't just get lost in the shuffle? How often? When? How? Yeah. Any rhyme or reason to that? Yeah, that's tough. I, I think we've all, maybe we were interested in something and we like subscribe to someone's email. Yeah. And then like, brrr, like, oh, okay, it might be good, but I just need yeah. a break from this. Yeah. So I, I think being selective, let's say you have a, a son or a friend that you really want to see closer to Jesus. Um, you know, maybe finding, is it once a month? 
like, wow, I was just, I was listening to the sermon and I thought of you right away, especially at the 10 minute mark. Hey, no pressure, but if you have a chance. Yeah. Um, I find that's a really easy, really appealing way. Um, a lot of people get anxious stepping into churches or, you know, face-to-face -face deep spiritual conversations. I think that's mm -hmm. important to do, but maybe an easier first step is just that little share button on every smartphone. Um, makes it so easy. So yeah, that, that's what I would say. Maybe start once a month, see if the doors open, see if they're receptive, follow up. If they don't listen to the first three things you send them, you, you probably don't want to like, let me try again and again and again and again. I know the door is locked, but I'm going to keep knocking and I'm going to wear you down. I think there's there's something you've said there. Just, I mean, it's so hard to catch tone, right? When you're sending things to people. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that you added a quick note instead of just sending, like send it and say, hey, I'm thinking of you, you know, sure. and if, you know, maybe you won't have time, but this might mean something to you. I just, this Sunday, uh, last Sunday, you're uh, living with people before marriage sermon aired and a woman came up to me at church and she's like, I listened to pastor Mike this morning and I sent it off to, and I'm like, Oh man. Like, I mean, I get it because it was, the sermon was phenomenal in terms of not just hammering it, but if you just catch the what's it on, you know, and it's mom again mm. <laughs> saying, you know, so I like the idea of adding a little note. Sure. Or just a little context, like, you know, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, and mm -hmm. maybe this isn't a good time, maybe it is, yep. or I'd love to have coffee and, and chat, or something yep. more than just, we've all gotten those things, right? Sure. Like, sure. <laughs> from your husband, how to keep a house cleaner <laughs> at home. <laughs> like, thanks. Nudge, elbow, thanks, honey. Elbow. That's great. Thanks for thinking of me when you saw that, when you were flipping through Facebook. That's wonderful. You know, so I think there is yeah. some etiquette that could maybe help your messages go further. Yeah, for sure. Um, at the end of the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul, um, he has this line about, you know, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Um, make the most, pray that God would open a door. And that's always struck me that you know, sometimes the door is not open to share the word as much as we want to. Yeah. And if someone has closed the door and locked it and I'm standing on the front porch and I just keep, that's going to just going to make them angry and bitter towards the Bible. And so I think that same thing is through digitally. You can't see their face, but if you're getting the vibe, like, okay, they don't seem to respond to anything I send them. Uh, that's okay. You're, you're not unfaithful. Take a step back, keep praying that something would happen, that the door would be open. They know that you care, that you love mm -hmm. the Bible. So th that's always been a, a really guiding passage for me because we just have such heavy hearts for like, right. oh man, it's right here. I want you to, I want you to read this, believe this, do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Colossians four verses two to six, in case you're uh, resonating with this situation. Uncanny that you just have that right there. Oh. Just Colossians four well, verses I, maybe, two to six. I'm wonderful. <laughs> I do that all the time. You know, I really do. <laughs> As soon as I do this, I do it all the time. Wait, wait, let me look that passage up for you. Hold on. Oh, that's what I thought. Verses two to six. Too. That's actually, you know what? When talking about how I use technology, that's probably the way I use it the most. Ah. Is to look up where something is in the Bible. Yeah. That's all day true. long, every that's day. Yeah, I probably use that more than anything. Yeah. My phone for that. Unfortunately, it doesn't count that in my hours that it shows, you know, how much is <laughs> used to look up Bible passages just all lumped in Google. So. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. that's a good transition, actually. We talked about the blessings. Yes. It can bless your community. It can bless your daily walk with God. It can help you do evangelism and outreach. Yeah. But let's talk about the bad things. Yeah. So you didn't talk about, you know, don't go to this website or don't make sure you stay away from this website. You really talked about just evaluating how we spend our time and making sure that we're spending our time on our technology the way we want to, or that we're not spending too much time at the expense mm. of our family, our friends and our faith. Yeah. So what are some of the pitfalls that a lot of us fall into when it comes to our family? Oh, first, can I ask you a personal question? Mm -hmm. uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You started with a half a nod in case you're not watching the video. Amber, her chin went up once and then it quickly shook side to side. Yeah. So can, can I ask on an average day, do you know what your screen time is? 
well. <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> that is funny. I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. Okay, true story. You do not bring your phone into your bedroom for good reason, right? Mm. I bring it into my bedroom for good reason. So my husband and daughter work nights, which means that a lot of times when they're not at work, they're up making noise. So I have background noise playing on my phone, mm -hmm. like ocean music. Mm -hmm. So just know that that can be six to seven hours <laughs> of screen time because it's on YouTube. I just yeah. put it face down. So I looked one time and I was like, 11 hours? How can I have 11 hours? But I drive an hour to work. I drive an hour back from work and I have it on nonstop. And if I'm sleeping for seven, that's already nine hours and I haven't even looked at my phone. So yes, methinks the lady protesteth. <laughs> well, you asked my honest, I gave you my honest, truthful answer. Yeah. If I oh, were to man. look it up today, I don't know what it would be, but yeah, let's move on to the next question before you return the question back at me because I don't want to answer. No, either. that's yeah. not fair. If yeah. I answered, you have to answer. Wait, who's the host of this podcast? I, I really don't know. Is it me or you? <laughs> Who has the authority to us? Oh, you are flipping that switch. <laughs> that is so unfair. No, I, now would, I do um, need Brooklyn's number. Yeah, that's that's been eye-opening for me. Brooklyn is very conscious of her screen time, even mm. without us like setting hard rules. It's super curious to me to think of how younger people, now that we've learned like how damaging devices can be, yeah. um, she seems very conscious of keeping her screen time really low, which always makes me think like, oh man, like my <laughs> My 15 year old who has Snapchat is killing her dad who's just scrolling yeah. random news or soccer scores. Yeah. So for me, it's probably three hours a day. And that too would include, you know, the podcasting time or I'm, I'm timing a sermon as I'm practicing it to see how long it is. So probably oh just sitting there like, <laughs> dink, dink, what, why are you laughing? My 11 hours is seeing really, really bad now. <laughs> Well, if you got eight to sleep in and a long commute, no, it's I'm not gonna... eight of sleeping. Oh, okay. Maybe seven, but okay. anyway, yeah, no, I, I, that didn't strike me as crazy. I mean, what's the average? It's I don't me, know. Me plus you combined is probably the average American. So off to mama. Oh, thank you. God. We're not like those people. <laughs> yes. Wait, isn't there a sermon on that? <laughs> the real series. I think I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, your question back to your question, you know, what are the pitfalls? I think the pitfalls are that. I mean, these devices are masterfully engineered by the most profitable companies on planet Earth for a reason, right? They make money off of eyeballs. So they know if they can ding or bing or buzz or figure out the algorithm to get you looking, if they can feed news that you tend to be more interested in that they've learned from your habits. So it is really, I mean, you have to have an insane level of self-control to not just check and just mm -hmm. scroll. Yeah. And it's not always bad stuff that we're looking at as Christians, but my fear as I try to unpack in the sermon is sometimes it just gets in the way of better stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. you have a chance to meditate on the word of God, but instead you opened your Bible app and then you got distracted by whatever, or man, you're both working and you don't have a ton of time to connect as husband and wife, but now somehow we're on the couch again, looking at something that neither of us really care that much about. Mm -hmm. And we've lost this precious chance to really communicate and deepen our relationship. The, the kids grow up so fast. Yep. And yet when everyone has their own device and it's hard, it's hard to get around the dinner table. And then when we are, something's yeah. dinging or buzzing or distracting. So that's my fear. Not that everyone's gonna end up in like the darkest corners of the internet, but that it's gonna take something better from us that we can't get back. I think that's how Satan is so sneaky and sly, because we think if we're not going to mm. those bad sites, then it's probably pretty harmless. Mm. But it might be stealing us, like you said, from something more important, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Okay. So talk about the seven minute rule, because mm. I'm pretty sure it's only gender specific to men. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually comes. So the seven minute rule, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the author named Sherry Turkle. Oh, no. Did it come from a woman? So it's it not gender specific. It did. Okay. It's just not my deal. Okay. Sort of broke your theory. Yeah. Sherry Turkle has written some really amazing books. One of them is called Reclaiming Conversation. And uh, she tells a story, I think it was of a young woman, actually, who kind of noticed 
after about seven minutes in a conversation, you know, you'd start, hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, the weather, huh? Can you believe what happened at school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you hit this awkward point where you, the small talk is done. And if you can get on the other side of that seven minutes, often I'll someone, someone will say, hey, did I tell you about, and now we get to real life. Mm-hmm. And Turkle's fear is that if every time we get to that awkward moment at six minutes, 30 seconds, it, it's a, you know, I feel a little bit anxious, uncomfortable. So we all reach for our phone. We pick it up off the table. Mm-hmm. Like we never get to the, the better version of conversation where it's not just the shallow stuff, but it's the real stuff of real relationships. Yeah. So she's a really fascinating, I don't know that's an official scientific theory, but it's, it's pretty curious that, man, we're going to grab coffee for an hour, but if every few minutes, like the phone interrupts, we, it's like we're snorkeling instead of scuba diving. Yeah. And we come back up to the shallow surface instead of going deep into, you know, the best parts of our relationship. You know, I think you notice too, if you are not on your phone in the grocery store line or just anywhere in general, you'll, you can actually connect eyes with the older people who need a smile Mm. or a hello or, Mm. and you lose so much of that. If you immediately grab your phone Mm. and just instantly start scrolling. Yes. Cause typically the older people are not on their phones. Yeah. True. Or, or at church, you sit down before church, right? So I wanted to ask you about that because you talked about having people put their phones away before church, but, um, you, you say you prepare to go to worship. How do you prepare? Oh, actually hold that thought for one second. Do you know who John Christ is? The comedian? Yes, I do. Yes. He just had a new special that came out on YouTube where he talks about phones and he's like, I was at the grocery store the other day. Have you ever just like looked up while you're standing in the grocery store line and there's someone who's not on their phone? He's like, I thought he was a terrorist. Like if you see something, <laughs> say something. So I called, I called the cops right away. Then I'm driving home and I was at a stoplight and I looked to my side. There was a woman not on her phone. She was just staring at waiting for the lights to change colors like a kindergartner. So I rolled down my window and yelled at her, get on your phone. You're wasting your time. You know, that's so sad because I drive so much and I have seen so many people on their phone. It is so, so true. For yeah. sure. And the comedy was landing so much in that big crowd because everyone's like, yep, that's what we do. I stand in the grocery store line. I know. I, I'm in my car. I sit in church and like, boof, there it is. I'm yeah. on a digital leash. So before we leave this whole bad sermon, <laughs> this bad sermon, you <laughs> had a bad sermon. One of the worst you've ever had, actually. Wow. It was bad. Um, other than the fact of being distracted on your phone, is there any other reason that you like reading your Bible with the physical copy versus just on the phone? Um, um, I think it's really related. Um, I was asking my wife about this. We took a walk last night. Uh, she knew I was going to be talking to you. So I asked her, like, if there's one thing you could say to Amber. And she said, scripture before screens yeah. is just something she learned. Because even if it's like I got my Bible out, but I pull my phone out first, I'm going to check the weather real quick. Ooh, here's this little red dot with a yeah. one inside of it. I wonder who texted me and what it is. And I'm not going to answer the email, but I'll just peek at it real quick. And now, depending what the email was, like now there's these other thoughts cloud in my headspace. And that simple idea of, you know, don't just read the Bible, but meditate on it. Yeah. Think about it. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Um, man, that's so important. I, I've noticed that for my spirit. It's not the first time I read my Bible that it really benefits me. It's when I reread it, think about it start to unpack mm-hmm. it in my brain. <clears throat> and man, I've, I'm probably just the guy who lacks digital self-control. But when I'm on my phone, it is so hard to just like get a solid 15, 20, 30 minutes of scripture meditation without just giving in to, mm-hmm. I'm just going to peek at. Uh, my brain kind of itches once it more. So yep, <clears throat> it's been my habit for a long time. My phone's not in my bedroom, but my Bible's right next to my bed get up, brush my teeth, crawl back into bed, open the book. I just have an old school, you know, clock and 30 minutes. That's what I'm going to do. I turn my clock around and there's no screens, no distractions, just me and the Bible and no one else in the room. Do you notice if you retain things better when you read versus listening like a podcast? Oh, have you noticed that at all? For sure. Me too. When I was in seminary, um, 
our professors actually encouraged us to buy multiple copies of the same Bible. Um, they said your brain actually gets used. It will see where things are on the page. Like, oh yeah, John 3.16. I know it's on the left page, second mm -hmm. column, but halfway down. <clears throat> and they said, if your Bible wears out and you got to buy a new one, like your brain has kind of stored yeah. where things are. But if you're digital, you know, you're scrolling and you don't get that same effect. So, yep, not that it's bad. I'd rather have someone in a digital Bible than a paper. Yeah. But man, if you can get into that habit where you don't have to fight those distractions, right. I just think it makes devotion so much better. Couldn't agree more. All right. Sermon number three, boundaries. Ooh. You gave several super helpful ideas. So screen-free spaces, making spaces that you don't have screens, making a time limit, like 11 hours is good. <laughs> <laughs> 11 to 15 hours. 11 to 15 hours works. Uh, scripture before screens. Um, but I really want to talk to you because you had mentioned that people just like rush into worship. You talked about maybe not bringing your phone into worship and then someone's phone went off, which was hilarious, <laughs> right in the middle of the sermon, like on cue. But you said, guys, like if you are just rushing into church and you're looking at your phone until the last minute, A, you're not paying attention to the people around you who mm -hmm. really need you to be paying attention to you, mm -hmm. to them because they might be new mm -hmm. and you saying something to them could make a difference in their experience. But also you said you really need to take the time to prepare for worship. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know how you do that. Yeah. Oh, man. I, you sent this question to me ahead of time, and I, I thought, no, Amber, don't ask me that. Don't ask me that question. It's easier to preach it than to practice it. Um, yeah, man, I, I just got to, maybe I'm the only one, but it's easy for me to sing a Christian song. It's very hard for my heart to worship during a Christian song. Mm -hmm. That takes more effort. Right. I can pray the Lord's Prayer, Right. Shake, shake me awake at two in the morning. I can say it. I'm not yeah. sure that I can really pray it unless I'm focused. And I've noticed that, especially as a pastor, I'm, you know, running around trying to greet every last person. We got the flood of folks who come in with, yeah. you know, four seconds before the first song starts. So as a way to kind of get around that, I want to be a good host to our guests. Um, when I come to church, uh, you know, I get here about uh, two hours early, I'll run through my sermon. And then the first thing I do after that is I go back to my laptop, I pull up the songs we're going to sing. I start the YouTube video and I open the lyrics, mm -hmm. you know, just so I can think about what, what do I love about this song? What, what's my favorite line in this verse? And then when it pops up in church, like, oh yeah, there it is. It's like a little hyperlink for my heart. And it actually helps me worship and not just sing along to the song. Yeah. So everyone might have their own thing, but if you're, if you go to the kind of church that posts the hymns up in front, like on a board yeah, and you're there five minutes early, open it up um, before you sing it, read it see what it's trying to say, what's beautiful about it. Um, yeah, worship is not easy. It's easier to go to church than to actually worship while you're in church. So yeah, how about you? I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the one that has 11 hours of screen time. So I don't know if we, <laughs> not all the time. I don't work every night. In fact, I've been trying not to do that because mm -hmm. anyway, um, I have a really good friend. She's with the Lord now. She, she died in March, but I had a really good friend who taught me to, on communion Sundays before going to church, there's, there's like before communion in the front of the hymnal that you can go to and you can, you know, actually think about it. And I was the type of person who was just glad to get to church on time. And so mm. the fact that this woman actually made a point to know when communion was and mm. then open up her Bible and she said she never ate breakfast before going to church on communion Sundays because she was, you know, fasting and putting her time into mm. spending time really thinking about why she was going to communion. And I mean, that just really made an impact on me. That was the first I had heard of someone really thinking before they went into church mm. about what they were going to do and being super deliberate. Mm. And I have just made a point of sometimes I don't sing the songs. If I'm, if I catch myself not thinking, I stop singing and I just read the lyrics mm. because it's easy to just get carried away in singing mm. and then not, like you said, you can go through the whole song and you haven't meant a word you said. Mm. And so if I, if I'm halfway through a song and I'm like, I don't know what I just sang, mm. I just stop singing and I just start reading 
and praying in my heart. And then it's more meaningful than just mm. not thinking about it all. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well said. Hmm. So talk about the Messiah complex. What is it and how do we avoid it? Yeah. Had you heard that phrase before? Um, Messiah complex? Yes, Some I've, people told me I've after the time of their head. Complex? Yeah. Yeah. There it Same is. thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, I don't know that I heard it called that, but I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 When you look at like, like, why are there so many interruptions? Why is it so hard for me to preach a sermon without someone's phone going off? Yeah. Why is it so hard to have a, to have dinner or a cup of coffee or to go out with friends without the dings and the beeps and the rings? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think when I dig back enough on that question, the answer is, most people think if I'm not 24 seven omnipresent, except, uh, accessible, someone will die. Like this is the time there's an emergency. My kid's going to be flipped over on a country road. And if I don't sleep by my phone, like my children will die. There will be my, there'll be a heart attack that my, my grandpa will have. And if my phone isn't on 24 seven, I don't think people verbalize it that way, but you really have to look yourself in the mirror and say, the smartphone was only invented about 20 years ago and God took care of his people before we were this accessible. And before you believe what I would say is a pretty egregious lie that the, you need to be like God, yeah, save everyone from everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it's actually a trap because emergencies like that, where you are really needed are so, 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 so rare, but the situations where you're needed to be present to be focused, to listen, to speak, to worship. Those are very, very common. And so let's let Jesus be the Messiah and the Savior. Um, let's use phones for their blessings, but let's not believe the lie that we can't have boundaries. We can't travel. Well, I, I, I really hate it when, you know, my daughter's taking driver's lessons right now. Like a kid has to have a phone when they drive or what are they going to do? I, I, what we were doing for the past 100 years? We made it. I think we were actually safer, weren't we? <laughs> Texting and driving. Like, if you want to talk about the safety of our kids, it can be a little inconvenience, but come on, let's just, let's engage our brains for just a second and not just think that having a device all the time is the best answer in every situation. Okay, I'm done with my rant. I'm sorry. Did that sound ranty to you? It felt like it. No, but it really, it it's more than just technology. I think that's something we have to get over anyway. So my son just got married less than a month ago. And at his wedding, I, I gave a speech from the Swenson side. And uh, one of the things that my son and I, one of our hardest issues to get over with him growing up is his curfew. Like we had a strict midnight curfew and he just could not do that. <laughs> like that just wasn't his style. His friends were not midnight people and we just butt heads constantly. Mostly because I never went to bed until my kids were at home and tucked into bed. I never did. And so I was waiting up and I was tired. So I thought he should be in bed. Now, Grant, he's 21 years old. Like how many college campus kids come home at 18, 19, 20 years old at 1145 so their mom can go to bed? The answer is none. Okay. <laughs> so one. after high school, I don't care what your high school things are, but I actually had a very good friend who's been in education for a long time who about three years ago was like amber if he was on a college campus you wouldn't know where he was when he was coming home like you might want to like loosen up a little bit hmm. but that was that whole thing too that i couldn't fall asleep until i knew my kids were home safely hmm. and i finally got to the point where i was like you know what just what you said whether they get home at midnight or one o'clock I can't keep them alive by worrying. Mm. So I just need to go to bed whenever mm. I need to go to bed and trust that God's got them in the palm of his hand. Mm. And that helped our relationship so much mm. when I realized, you know what? This is really silly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. That's good advice. It was just the first part of letting go. Cause you know, eventually whether they move out or what, I mean, like, you're done, you know, like wow. you don't get to follow them your whole life long. You just let them go yeah. and pray and let God take care of them when you don't. So 
I wish I could use that wisdom, but Jesus is coming back before my daughter's turn 18. So thanks for sharing with the other parents. <laughs> it's called Judgment Day Parenting, Amber. It's where Jesus bails me out from all the hard situations. It says in the Bible he's coming back soon, and I'm going to hold him to that word. I used to always pray that he would come back right before I went on stage to speak. <laughs> and he hasn't yet, so I just had to learn how to speak, Mike. So you may have oh. to just... Let your little girls go. Oh, man. All right. If you're listening, please just say a quick prayer for me right now. So it's a very. <laughs> All right. Moving on, Amber. Moving on. <laughs> so we don't want to make rules where there aren't rules. For instance, you do not put your phone in your bedroom. I have a very good reason to have my phone in my bedroom. So we can't make like solid judgments like this work. This is where you have to be or this is where you can't. What are some suggestions that are pretty, pretty sound? about where's the best place to have a phone, where not, hmm. where might you want to really limit the use, yep. et cetera. Yep. I know this su suggestion won't work for everyone, but um, I leave my phone on do not disturb ooh, almost 24 hours a day. Me too. I check it enough that mm -hmm. I don't leave people hanging. I mean, mm -hmm. between bathroom breaks when I'll see it or breaks in work. But I think everything we've learned about brain science that we can't multitask, we can just focus on one thing at a time. And every time you switch, <laughs> you actually like take a step back with your productivity. So whether it's Bible reading or a focused conversation with a friend or a church service, um, I think as much as we can control our relationship with our devices instead of them controlling us by talking all the time, to me, that's been a huge help. Um, it's pretty rare. There's maybe one or two times a month where I just have one of those days where I'm texting a lot of people and trying to arrange meetings and like my email is dinging and my phone is buzzing and it, maybe I'm just not used to it, but I'm, I think, wow, how do people live like this? Like, I feel so yeah. ill at ease. I, I can't mm -hmm. just like settle in and focus and get deep on something. Um, so yeah, I, I know depending on what your job is, maybe you have to be that accessible, but yeah. Please try it. Even if it's just for an hour a day, do not disturb. People will be fine. Um, the world will go on. And I wonder if you'll have a more focused attention on God and the people in your life. Yeah, very good. All right. So that's the end of that sermon series, but there is still one more week in October. So mm -hmm. you didn't do a four-part sermon series. So we uh, have a different sermon to talk about, which, by the way, I texted you on this one. It is my all-time favorite sermon that you've done. Oh. It's called How to, What If I Don't Understand the Bible? Mm. Or maybe it will be changed differently. Mm. <laughs> different. Maybe yeah. it's just, what if I don't understand the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. Our original title for it was How to Bible. We had like yeah. a How to Blank series. And I, I like that uh, kind of tagline. Just what if I don't get it? What if I try? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't make so sense. So yeah. why did you decide to, I mean, this is so pertinent. This is such a great idea. Why did you decide to preach on this? Because I think the most common experience from people is, um, I tried to read the Bible. Yeah. Well, you, you really hyped it up in church pastor. The Bible yeah. can change your life. The Bible, the word of God, yeah, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. And then I open it up to the first page. I'm like, what? Like what? I don't get, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not a Bible person. Like yeah. it is so common where people, and not just in like the, you know, the toughest parts of Leviticus or Ezekiel, but I mean, the Bible is just, it, it can be a really tough book. Yeah. And so I think to acknowledge that and then help people work through that so they can love the Bible is a huge thing. I love that. Yep. So you said step one is you have to admit it. So if you're having troubles, instead mm -hmm. of just thinking, oh, man, I'm just not cut out for this, mm -hmm. admit it. So why do you think it's so hard to admit that mm -hmm. we just don't understand the Bible? Uh, I, I think there's two primary camps that we end up in. If you're fairly new to church or let's say a Bible study, you don't really understand what's happening. Often you feel like you're interrupting and annoying the 99% mm. who you assume understand what this is about. Oh. So, you know, I don't know what this means, but I'm looking around the Bible classroom and like, seems like everyone's okay. Maybe yeah. I'm just, you know, so you, you don't want to hold everyone else back. When okay. they're ready to to go deep, I I don't think that's true. I think when people raise their hand, ninety eight percent of the time, someone else says, "Yeah, I didn't get that either." But so category one, it's just 
maybe a sensitivity of like, I don't want to mess with your Bible experience. Or if you've been around a while, that's embarrassing to ask like a entry level question and everyone in the room assumes, or that's what you think, right? Uh, I was just going to say, people are going to think like, you don't know that you've been around here a while. You're the woman with the podcast. You're the pastor. How do you not know? So I, I think sometimes- Are we always learning? No, no I, I think of it this way. If you if you go to church and you see like another woman and she tells you her name, but you forget, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you see her the next Sunday and the next Sunday, the next Sunday. Now two years have gone by and you don't know her name. Mm-hmm. It, I would just say, well, ask her. Admit it. And it would get really emotional real fast, right? No. You know what my go-to is? What's Everybody's it? Mackenzie. <laughs> I do. I did it last weekend and I've done it like six months ago. I'm like, you're Mackenzie, right? And they're like, uh, no, actually Whitney. I'm like, gosh, you know, in my mind, I just equated you with Mackenzie. Well, Everyone. Well, I need you McKenzie. to know you are not normal, Amber, because most people. <laughs> that has so- been established many <laughs> times. We're good with that. We know. Yeah. So, you know, in either case, whether you're just yeah. embarrassed because you feel like you should know. Right. Or you're embarrassed because you feel like everyone else knows, but you, it's a simple answer, but it's really hard to do in real life. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Good. So a lot of people get caught up in Bible names and Bible places. So what do you do to make sure that that isn't a roadblock? Oh, um, <laughs> so we just, uh, we're promoting our life group, our small group ministry right now at our church. Yeah. And, uh, do you know who dude perfect perfect is? Yeah. The YouTube stars. Yeah. So they always have these videos called stereotypes, like, you know, stereotypical um, game nights people or stereotypical people on a plane. So uh, my friend Amna, who runs our groups, she made a video called uh, Life Group Stereotypes. And uh, one of the people was called The Brave One. And it was just like, it was Amna herself. She was reading the genealogy of Jesus. And Abinadab was the father. <laughs> so that was, that was her way of just saying like, hey, listen, no one, no one knows how to say this stuff. Very few of us in the room are ethnically Jewish. We don't speak Hebrew. So it's, it's all right. Just, just fake it. Just use the first initial. Just say, does anyone here know how to say this? Because I have no clue. Or, or just skip them. How, how about I read the next chapter and you guys take this one? So yeah, I don't, don't no. I heard someone say, even pastors are guessing most of the time. We oh, just yeah. say it with such confidence that people assume like, oh, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> Do you know Moses' mother's name? Moses' mother's name. Yes, I so do. Some people would say Jacobet. But when I read it, I thought she's she looked like a Jacobet. <laughs> so when I taught it, I was like, Jacobet, Jacobet. <laughs> and about halfway through the study when I was teaching it, someone was like, I mean, was she Spanish? <laughs> was there Hispanic in her, in her roots? I'm like, I don't know. I just, it just felt right. So. I, I wish I could have been there for that moment. That would have been enjoyable. The point is that, like you said, unless someone corrects you, just say it with confidence <laughs> until they correct you. Let's go for it. And I'm a big fan of calling them by their first initial. I don't think they'll be sad or mad at us in heaven when we've yeah. done that. I think yeah. it's okay. Or you're going to meet Jacob and she's going to say, hey, welcome to heaven, A. <laughs> eh? <laughs> ja. Ja. It's RJ. Ja. Uh, so what are one or two things that you have done over the years to really help you understand the Bible? Hmm. I think I alluded to it before. Um, just taking less scripture. Oh, okay. I hope my... Uh, I hope my daughters don't listen to this podcast. We've been reading the whole Bible as a family. Mm-hmm. We got the plan printed out. Everyone's got to put their little X if you read today's yeah. readings. And we got four colors we're getting through. So uh, we're just about to finish the Old Testament. So everyone's pretty excited about Amazing. that. Amazing. That's awesome. Yep. yep. Super props to my girls. Um, what I haven't been completely upfront about them is that I haven't been doing the whole Bible reading plan, even though I've been <laughs> putting my X every day. <laughs> oh, no. Don't judge. Jesus said you shouldn't judge. <laughs> no, here's, oh. here, here's why. I, um, I have a good reason for it. 
That's okay. Oh. If they only mow half the lawn and tell you it's done, you still need to pay them their allowance. <laughs> oh, That's the way it goes. All right. I'm forbidding my children to listen to this now. It will work out against me. So here's why. I, I just had a chance to read the whole Bible last year. Yeah. So I went through everything. And I really found that I was actually working on some Spanish. So I was, I was trying to read the whole Bible in Spanish. It was tough. Um, I got through it, but I didn't get a ton out of it because I was moving so fast. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, I, I don't know if I want to take my personal daily devotion time and just you know move so fast for the sake of the family that I don't really get to, to meditate on it. So that's that what I That sounded terrible. No? I mean, it sounds great, but I don't want to do this for the sake of the family. So... <laughs> I appreciate. Why am I sweating right now? Amber. I don't. I don't want to take away from what you're saying because I actually agree with you 100. You know I do. Man, because I I think smaller. Felt, is this how you felt when you talked about that 11 hours of screen time? <laughs> I feel flushed right now. I was honest, at least. Yes. I didn't put an X where I hadn't done the work. <laughs> I actually told, I mentioned it to my wife, Kim, like a month ago, and she just looked at me and cocked her head and said, seriously? You're not <laughs> hey, that's between you and God. I'm not going to judge you, but it's okay. But yeah. I agree. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Finish Psalm, your thought. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the person who meditates on the word of God. Mm -hmm. And whether it's right or wrong, I give myself a, a half hour in the morning for my devotion. When I'm trying to read three, four chapters, whew, you know, I maybe get through it once, once and a half. But if I go down to a half a chapter, I can read it like five times. I'm underlining. I'm seeing themes. I'm really getting the meat of what the message is. Um, so I'm kind of hopping from trampoline to trampoline and uh, getting the high-level points. But I'm, uh, it's been better for my soul. So that's my my advice for people reading the Bible. Slow down. There's no. It's good to get the box top if you want to rush through and say, I read the whole Bible. But I think a long-term best practice is to just slow down and meditate on it. And I think you mentioned too that uh, first time through, it's good to just maybe get through it, like, yeah. you know, to plow through, which is what I'm sure your girls are doing the first time front to back, which is huge. But to take that time is good, very yeah. valuable. Mm. So if you want to know the Bible more, where is a good place to start? And not just where, as in a Bible, book of the Bible, but like how. Mm. I love the story. I, I've maybe preach too many sermons about this, but Acts chapter eight with uh Ethiopian guy who's in the chariot. Yeah. You know, it's a story of, uh, he has a Bible. He's interested in the Bible. He's apparently very intelligent and accomplished, but he doesn't understand it. And so the Holy spirit sends Philip, a Christian. To, <laughs> I, I love the story. He's running up next to the chariot and he asks him this really direct question. Do you understand what you're reading? And the guy, instead of faking it, um, he just says, well, how, how can I understand the Bible unless someone explains it to me? And he invites him up in the chariot. What do you know? He's reading this passage that is kind of about Jesus and boom, like the lights go on, salvation, forgiveness, baptism, everyone leaves happy. Um, and to me, that's always been a paradigm shifting story of you might be super intelligent. You might've been the top of your class. You might read lots of books, but the Bible is a really complex book. It can be deep like the ocean. Mm -hmm. And you're going to need help to read it if you're new. So don't think you're dumb. Don't be embarrassed about it. Even longtime Christians have tons of questions. So you can start in the New Testament. That's probably best. Read the Gospels to learn about Jesus. That's probably best. But please, wherever you start, however you do it, however fast you read, just assume that you're going to need a community. Write down questions. Ask them. To me, that's the best way to read the Bible. Yeah. And a good study Bible isn't a bad idea either. Hmm. Yes. If you want to read it by yourself, because there's notes for like almost every verse. Yeah. So, and that's how you can read your Bible super slowly. It's hmm. to actually just read the notes too. Yeah. For those uh, with a little bit more experience listening right now, do you have like a Bible commentary that you enjoy or what's a resource no. that's not the Bible? Is there a website? Is there a, where do you go to find deeper answers on things? I've used the people's Bibles for years. The yes. People's Bible series from and well, I'm looking at them right behind yeah. you right now. Sorry, if you're watching the video, when <laughs> it's I was, harder uh... than you think to do that. <laughs> Wait, yeah. yeah, there's a. Can you tell people what they are? My mom got me a subscription when I was a teenager, and it was a great gift from her. Yeah, I inherited mine from my grandpa. Best inheritance ever. So every single book is written by someone who they were professors 
at the seminary, most of them, I think, and they have done extensive research and it gives context. Mm -hmm. So to whatever you're reading, in fact, that's how I'm doing my Bible study right now. I go through a, one of the people's Bibles books to uh, yep. do my daily personal devotion. And I've used those every time I've taught, whether I've taught Sunday school or a women's Bible study and Bible history, I've mm. used those all along. Um, Werner Franzman has commentary. I love him. Mm. I, I love his too. And uh, his actually, you can get free without buying a book. Uh, mm. There's a website. It's called God's Hand in Our Lives. And they have, it's a Sunday school curriculum, but the notes are all Werner Franzman's notes. Mm. So, and then I was gifted multiple other commentaries, uh, the whole mm. book, Kretzmann, uh, I've heard it said different ways. I don't know if it's Yelvasiker. What's it? Oh. How do you say it? The whole is, book? I mean, it's Yakabed. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> We've already established that we don't know how to pronounce things. Let's. I don't yes. Know. So anyway, I, I've I've loved his commentary. That's just mm. on the four gospels. But yeah. yeah, that's a great place to start. I totally agree with Amber. Yeah. Um, my mom got me. A subscription when I decided I think I wanted to be a pastor and then nice. month by month a book would come and yeah, if you're watching the video it's right behind me on my top shelf it is the the best place to start outside the mm -hmm. Bible to understanding the Bible so you can look, find it on Amazon I believe the people's Bible and there's one for each book so what are those blue books underneath oh that's a more like pastor level Greek and Hebrew set of commentaries yep. from uh Concordia publishing house mm -hmm. so, yeah okay. those, go, those go really deep though Actually, my computer is propped up on their Song of Solomon <laughs> commentary, which is a thousand pages long. Wow. I know. So that's that's a little that's the depth of the ocean right there. So people's Bible is a nice middle road. Yes, it is. Yeah. I can understand it. You can understand it. Sweet. And that's the goal. So thanks for listening, yes. everyone. How to understand the Bible. Hope you can catch uh, all the sermons on screens and souls and a little bit of biblical knowledge uh, coming up on October here on Time of Grace. Uh, we also have a new book coming out. It's called Supernatural by our colleague, Dr. Bruce Becker. Um, I was just taking a walk today and I ran into a member of our church who, whose friend's cousin was doing some yard work outside and told me about this supernatural healing that just happened in his family. Like doctors couldn't explain it. They were like gushing like, wow, God is awesome. Um, so Dr. Becker is gonna dive into how an all powerful God can do crazy things, beautiful things, miraculous things to provide for his people. So make sure you jump over to timeofgrace.org and check out that brand new book called Supernatural. All right, Amber, we're coming to the end of our time, landing the plane. Any last thoughts, encouragements, complaints, gripes, words you'd like to pronounce? No, <laughs> no, I'm good. How about you? No, I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, I just encourage everyone, you may or may not be a huge technology user, but I'm guessing 80 to 100% of the people in your life are. So um, this might not be the series that you need, but it's probably a series that most of the rest of us need. So give it a listen, um, share it if you think of someone, as we talked about before, and uh, we hope we can have the good things and fewer of the bad things by having some good boundaries. So good talking to you, Amber. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day, a blessed week, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Series.